Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, welcome to Game Master Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today we'll be talking about voice for effect, how you can use voice to spice up the NPCs in your game, and bring a little more depth and immersion to bring your world to life. We're here in the studio today. My name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show. With me is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath and semi-professional DM. And Ed. You gotta put the right emphasis on the right syllable. Talking voice for effect. How do you give your NPCs a voice to make them memorable to your players and make them kind of stand out? We talked about this a little bit on one of our early episodes talking about memorable NPCs, but we wanted to come back and touch just on voice itself, especially because the medium that we're currently working in as podcasting is entirely an audio medium all you hear is our voices so there's still some stuff that we can do here to help convey a character that if you add that into any visual that you provide and some of the other stuff that you're doing you can really help flesh out a character bring them to life um it's true a little bit about establishing and setting characters one of the first things we have on the list which may be because it's slightly alphabetical uh we have accents so accents are a good tool. Don't overuse them uh, as long as and remain consistent. It doesn't have to be a good accent as long as it's a consistent accent so that it sticks with the character. It's true. And I know you've <laughs> uh, in setting up the <laughs> thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for the input. Brilliant uh, input. I know in setting up the world of wrath, you wind up having accents with certain races certain regions um and you've had to i know you've had to portray them in your games um including a story we heard once about you practicing for the main or the major antagonist McHugh for your entire drive home just practicing your accent over and over yeah um do you want to talk a little bit about using accents in the game sure uh yeah i mean i think that's like one of the perfect spots to practice accents you can go on youtube and literally just look up accents and stuff and you can find videos there's like one channel specifically dedicated to it but there is all over the internet um or all over youtube specifically you can find videos and and audio files of people portraying accents and not just hearing them use it because we've all heard various accents but like specifically talking about uh, you know, you, how you want to put the, the right emphasis on the right syllable. <laughs> yep. um, so, it, it you know, it, it, it kind of like puts things in your mind. And one of the, the big tricks they talk about is um, to kind of have like a certain specific phrase that you can come up with to help set you into that accent. So, Park the card, Harvard Yard. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So, you know, you have one phrase that every time you say that phrase, you automatically want to slip into that accent to begin with, or it's easy for you to slip into that accent saying this phrase. And then you can kind of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, say that a couple times and then slip into that accent. So it's, it's like a trigger mechanism. So, you know, specifically, you know, about Vrath, one of the big things was, again, you know, establishing like, obviously, you know, I kind of went with the atypical. Most dwarves kind of talk with that. Uh, I, I re- kind of refer to it more as like a watered down kind of Scottish accent. It's not a pure Scottish accent. It's got a little bit of other slight influences, but you hear it, you think dwarf, you can't help it. 
we we had the discussion once where they're like, that's a really bad Scottish accent. And it's like, no, it's not a bad Scottish accent. It's a good dwarvish accent. Right, exactly. Um, uh, it's kind of become that bra kind of typically have kind of a Russian accent. It's kind of like a, it's been kind of established. Uh, and that had nothing to do with me. That was a player influence, the one that played the first bra. Uh, as Jerry Reese for those hands. for those who don't know, bra or are the uh, sort of bear men in the world? They're uh, large humanoid bears. Yeah, uh, very much. I mean, think like kind of like a werebear kind of uh, creature. Um, something that I thought I would establish to just kind of be different. And, and uh, I, I actually had you know when we, when we were playing the the original bra roller, and I actually had a signature phrase that I used for myself to get into his accent for that. Um, which also got me into the personality of them. Okay, yeah. You're not to be having time for these. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing you say that. I didn't realize that was like your trigger phrase. Yeah, that was kind of like what I did to to help get into accent and help also understand inflection and the way that Ralor is to be talking. Oh, there you go. Uh, Perfect example. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I've kind of been going with like kind of like... um, a, like a French-ish accent for elves, at least, you know, like the, the pure elves that live, you know, separated from society. I've been going with more of like an Italian accent for drow, even though they haven't really encountered any drow. Uh, well, they encountered one that I can think of off the top of my head. Yep. Uh, the leprechauns. Of course, the leprechauns. We have to go with Irish. And that was the one, again, he mentioned McHugh. I spent a, I back in the day I saw the movie Boondock Saints and I think me and my friend oddly enough his name is Matt McHugh which is where I was inspired by the name for that guy. Um, we probably spent at least three months straight speaking mostly with an Italian, you know, an Irish kind of accent because of Boondock Saints. Of course, like Boston, right. you know, Boston Irish, Boston yeah. Irish. Yeah. You know, um, so when I wanted to do McHugh, I know I felt like I kind of had a good handle on it, but I needed a refresher. It'd been a while since I spoke specific, you know, exclusively. With that kind of accent, so I, again, I went on YouTube and I have on my my i uh, MP3 player, my iPod, I have I think five, maybe even closer to ten different videos or audio clips from the videos. How to do Irish? How to do several different uh, like dialects of you know English, like as mm-hmm. in like you know UK English. You know, because there's like there's like a low class and a high class and like a middle class. Like I didn't yep. realize how many different types of dialect of, of English accents that there really were. I mean, I if I heard them back to back, it, it sounds obvious now. Right. But at the time, I didn't really you know. Kind of like we have you know Southern and you know Western and you know that all kind of you know we have different accents in our society as well. And again, regional. I have one. Uh, Jerry was in a game where out in. Uh, doesn't really matter, but uh, there's an area where uh, the <laughs> you great memory. He hasn't narrowed it down enough for me to figure it out either. Uh, well, it's south of the Empire of the the Banished, uh, over in uh, the Toe Hills, uh, in in Tagen, or I'm not um, dragon. It was in the Dragon Tail game. Tagen. Was, yeah, 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 in Tagen. Okay, uh, there, but they. There was a female NPC, and she had like that Southern Belle kind of accent. Yep. Georgia Peach. Yeah, Georgia Peach. Yeah, yep. we we ran into a fairy who was kind of a Valley Girl. Yep, yep, like totally. <laughs> and she was very Valley Girl. Um, yeah. So I mean, just kind of having those, and those are just kind of starting points. You know, like every character is you know unique. Just because you grew up in Georgia doesn't mean you have a real thick Georgia accent. You know. Well, that actually brings up a good point when it comes to accents too. Is where you grew up. Right. 
So uh, a lot of people do, and I do it all the time too. You have your certain races will have certain accents. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's a dwarvy accent, there's an elvy accent, there's a, a goblin accent, there's an orc accent. You know, and you have those voices. Maybe you have your own voice that you use pretty much every time, and you just change the inflection a little bit if it's a different character. But one uh, other interesting thing that you might uh, want to do, depending on the size and make of your world, is you could just use regional accents. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what I was getting at with the 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 the, the Georgia accent was yeah. because she was from that region she oh, was human good. yeah yeah so which i didn't clarify so she was human but she had the, the southern accent because she was from that region of that world um, of that continent so for instance you might agree that all of your dwarves are going to have kind of a, a a low kind of rusty voice and that's your base and then you determine the accent so instead of going with the typical scott <laughs> I know where this is going and I love it. So in, instead of going with the typical Scottish, you could say, well, my dwarves grew up in a different country. And in that country, everyone has a French accent. Charles de Vaudieu. Omelette du fromage. Baguette. And croissant. And, you know, imagine the dwarves running around with that accent. You know, I mean, that that could be pretty fun. Or he was a dwarf raised by elves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah could be. Could be. The- You're you know, you could do it where the world is fairly integrated and each different area has its own sort of accent. So you could have everyone in this in this region speaks with like a more southern Texas style accent, whether they're a dwarf or an elf or an orc or whatever. And it's people who have different accents. And they come into the game and then your players realize, oh, you're not from here. Mm-hmm. You're from somewhere else. Where are you from? And then you can establish, oh, well, this little, you know, this region that you're in is more of the, you know, kind of Texas like. But this other region over here, this is, you know, more, uh, let's say everyone has a Cockney accent. So it's this other area where everyone just speaks Cockney. Actually, we have uh, we have a little bit that's kind of come up like that, which I don't think the whole story has been revealed yet. Um, in the Dark Hounds game. Oh, am I missing something? Remember when we spoke earlier, we were talking about how the Bra usually speak in a Russian accent. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to Miserer, he does not have that accent at all. Well, that's true. And that's actually part of his backstory that hasn't really come into play yet. Right. Yep. It's um, been touched on. It's but been it touched hasn't on, really but it hasn't really come into yeah, play. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, he's very specifically not using the Russian accent. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And for those of you who don't know what we're referring to, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, it's not out yet, but it will be up soon. We're going to be having the Dark Hound series. It's going to be our live play, 360 slash VR camera view. It's like you're sitting at the table. Join actually, us for a game. <laughs> actually, by the time this episode launches, it may it be live. Hopefully, actually, it could it be. should be up. Yes, actually. <laughs> I, uh, I stand corrected. Yeah, by the time this episode if, is up, with, we, we, with we have luck. we have a few days, and we're we're kind of racing the trying to get it in under the wire. Look, if the internet wizards deem it so, it will be up. If not, we'll see. Yeah, if it's not up already, it'll be up soon. If it's if it's not up, hey, there's a teaser for you to look forward to. Yeah, yeah there exactly. you go. Yeah. Uh, also, if you're uh, listening to this episode well after it airs, then you can just ignore that part. Um, <laughs> Or just check out the show anyway. Yeah, go check out the YouTube channel if you haven't. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. So yeah, it's so be huge. So accents, you can do it by race or by region. Uh, and if you have any accents that uh, you really want to use, like we say, there's all kinds of them all, all over. There's books, there's videos, there's everything will teach you how to do various you accents. Watch a freaking movie. Just, <laughs> just practice some character lines. Yeah. And even if your accents are cheap, and I hate to say it this way because it almost gives the wrong tone, but somewhat 
I don't want to say racist. Stereotypical. If they're somewhat stereotypical, that's fine. It doesn't well, matter. They're, they're kind that's, of supposed to be. That's, that's, that's the idea. That's the character. You keep them accurate. And you can maybe get your players later on. Like they just hear the, the voice and they hear that accent and they immediately connect. Oh, I know who this yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, too, that there's not just different uh, accents for different countries. Like, you know, you have, you know, obviously your typical stereotypical French, stereotypical, you know, um, English. But you also like just, in a, you know, a if you're in the U.S., we have you got like a New York accent, and you know you got your Texan accent, your Southern Belle accent. You know you got the Valley Girl. I mean, the, just in in the U.S. alone, there's a, a plethora of different accents. Right. And then you can then you can cross the ocean or, or go down south and go down Mexico way, and you know you know we can get down some different uh, accents going on. Um, another one that that Ed kind of inadvertently touched on a bit when he's talking about, you know, just checking out different movies is in lieu of an accent. You can do an impersonation. Yes. Uh, yes. A character voice could work and you know, you can have a distinctive voice like, like Christopher Walker or William Shatner. And you can use that as a character in your game. And it may seem a little silly at first, but it adds personality and it adds identity to that character. And you can't get it wrong. Cause even if you're butchering the, the Shatner accent, that is the 100% perfect accent for your character. You know I mean, that's now your character's accent. Yeah. You might not be nailing Shatner, even if that's what you're trying to do. But that is now your character's voice. What are you, uh, some sort of space floozy trying to nail Shatner over there? Hey, man, a lot of aliens have. Wait, <laughs> I just call myself an alien. <laughs> um, We're all aliens here. So another another thing to be thinking about when you're when you're talking is word choice. Right. Uh, and word choice and phrasing and the use of profanity and some of those other things, you know, think about what the character's coming from. Think about whether they are a, a high ranking, educated noble who's very enunciated when he vocalizes unto his subjects or he be somebody who down south who don't talk too good mm-hmm. because he's going to be down south because they ain't got much education. Picking even, on them even that's getting into into accents. Um, yeah. But you could say, you know. Because they ain't got no educations in the schools, then again, I'm slipping into an accent. I'm trying to keep it just as a strictly just word choice. Well, yeah. even if you say it without an accent, it's still to someone it sounds like the, an accent, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has an accent, whether they realize it or not. They ain't got much teaching in the schools going on, but they do know what the world be like, and they ain't going to be taken for no fool. So you're saying what you're saying is their education isn't as good or as yours is. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, but that's the difference. As good as uses thinking you be good, but that might be the difference between an unlearned. You know what that reminded me of? What you just said there? I'm a dude just like another dude playing another dude, <laughs> or whatever. That, I misquoted it, but you get the idea. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Um, but then. Different word choice and phrasing can be the difference between playing a cultured politician and a less cultured farmer or blacksmith. Um, mm. Profanity is another thing where the the high ranking noble not so likely to use profanity, but might drop that one f bomb that you're allowed in a PG thirteen, just right. as an implication of how dire the situation is. Then you may have a commoner who may swear every other breath. Right. And again, it comes down to education and low class and high class, you know, the the less educated or no educated commoner who hasn't been taught that it's not proper to be swearing and using profanity. You know, all they knows is what they've 
Oh, I don't want to be just dropping well, that's, all the that's time. More all, about the, all they know is what they'd heard growing up from them daddies. Well, that's all. That's really more about etiquette. You, you, definitely, if you have a well, character again, of higher standard, etiquette, gone or you're etiquette. either taught etiquette or you're in, uh, it's impressioned on you by your surroundings I mean, you're, growing you're, up. You're absolutely right. It's, yeah, it's, I wouldn't want to say though that like every commoner wouldn't know etiquette. I think people still try always try to raise themselves to a higher standard, but. With a lower education, maybe you just don't use big words. You wouldn't say, hey, we have to run to the middle of town square to put out the conflagration. You'd say, there's a fire. You know? I think pretty much anybody would say, there's a fire. Because, <laughs> right. dude, there's a fire. Right, well, but that's an example. So, they're, they're two words that mean basically the same thing. And then you have, you have the person who goes, oh, we need to attend to the conflagration. Now you have an idea of what type of person that is because they used a, th- a three-syllable word when, yeah. dude, fire would convey the same message. So when you're, when you're trying to use, what's the note no, that we're on? Word oh, choice. Phrasing, profanity, word choice. So when you're trying to switch up your word choice, your phrasing, and your profanity, uh, you know, I guess word choice and phrasing. You, if, if you are trying to distinguish between, say, like a higher class and a lower class, just use simpler words with the lower class. Yeah. Uh, and with a higher class, try to use more educated sounding words. You know, you you probably know the person who use mon- who uses monosyllabic words all the time to try and sound smarter. Just do that. You know, everyone's got a friend who does that. And. You can also, as a specific choice, maybe have somebody use words incorrectly because they oh, think yes. that their photosynthesis will make them sound smarter. It's true. Photosynthesis <laughs> yeah, does make I, you smile. Sound I actually, smarter. I guess this is more playing than GMing, but I played a character with a, a low intelligence and I was playing up the stupidity. I would do that all the time. I would, as I was talking, I would try to think of the word that I wanted to say and then think of something that sounded like it that was completely wrong and just go with that. And whenever anyone tried to correct him, I would I would tell them, no, you clearly don't understand language, you stupid idiot. It was it was great. He was dumb and he didn't have any any clue. So he shouldn't deal with the contagion that's burning down the house. And then right. <laughs> <laughs> having another my, my immediate instinct was like, no, that doesn't. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, and then I've also seen a character played that had low intelligence, mm-hmm. but uh, average reasonable wisdom. And the player played them getting frustrated because they had a difficult time communicating because they knew what they wanted to say, but couldn't convey it. Right. Um, So stat choices can also come into play there. You know, you get a little different options for showing off what you can do. Exactly. If your character is supposed to be more intelligent, maybe they have, uh, you know, better words, uh, you know, and they can articulate better. The best words. They have the, they have the best words. (laughs) Some of my best Trump, but it's getting, it's whatever. Um, so then we also have for volume and inflection. Yep. This can come into putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Um, this may also be that somebody who is, is, used to being the center of intention is going to be speaking loudly and boisterously and all that, or somebody else may be a little more withdrawn because maybe they're also involved with some stuff that it's better if they don't draw attention to themselves. So yeah. we need to, and I think a lot of that has down. to do with like what they refer to. And I think we mentioned a little bit in the previous episode of high status and low status. Yeah. You yeah. Know, your high status character, like, you know, typically like your King or your important people or people that at least think that they're important. They're going to talk loud and boldly. Um, you know, a little bit of body language, which we'll get into more later, but like they'll have their chin up and their chest out 
And a lot of that just comes from confidence. Like basically just think like, you know, the high profile is going to be have a, a, you know, a high amount of confidence. Whereas, you know, like your, your poor commoner who's going to be typically like low confidence and they're going to talk quiet and be a little bit mousy and have their chin down and, and maybe their, their shoulders rolled a little forward and they're not going to, they're not, I'm sorry, I'm talking, please don't, just don't murder me for existing. I know I'm a piece of crap. And, and that's sorry. also the, geez, that got dark, the, <laughs> the, the confident, you know, louder volume person. That's also a lot of, of the side trends of effective public speaking. Right. You, know, you you have proper posture, you project, you enunciate, you know, that's all stuff that you do because you're used to speaking in front of a crowd. Right. Where, you know, somebody who's the farmer that mostly give a speech to their chickens every morning about how motivated they need to be to lay their eggs. Right. They don't necessarily speak in front of people all the time. I'm very scared right now. Uh, so definitely volume can uh, can can change things up. You know, you're going to tend to play things more meekly when you're more quiet or if they're just further away and you're trying to, uh, you know, kind of play that out to your characters like you hear something, but it's a whisper. So you lower your voice a bit and talk in a bit more of a whisper to try to sort of emphasize that. So make it harder for everyone to hear what you're saying a little bit. Enough for them to focus, you know, but uh, uh, that's sort of a deal that you can you can do with that. Uh, another trick when it comes to like volume and dynamics, and this isn't specifically for role playing um, a character so much as a tip that I think that you can use as a DM. But there's kind of a, a trick that you can use where like you purposely speak at a little bit of a lower volume to intentionally cause anyone that's trying to listen to kind of lean in. Right. have to pay more attention and listen closer. Um, that kind of, you know, that kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with the whole like speak um, softly and carry a big stick kind of concept. Yeah. Like I don't need to talk, you know, loudly and talk crap because I can back up my words. <laughs> and um, but yeah, that's that's just kind of like a, 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 a trick that I've, I've learned in recent years is if you talk a little bit quiet, like not quiet, quiet, not whispering, but just talk it a, a little softer than maybe you normally would. And people kind of have to lean into the speaker a little bit, you know, still talk clearly, still talk confidently, but just be a little bit on the soft side and people have to intentionally focus to listen to you. And you know, what's great about that trick is it actually works well, both ways. Mm -hmm. If you're someone who generally talks loud, then sometimes pulling that trick is, I mean, that that'll help work. That'll get people to sort of focus. If you're someone who tends to be more on the quiet side, or if you've been quiet for a bit here, you know, increasing your volume, like, okay, what are we doing now? You know, that's, that sort of brings, can bring people in. It can help you sort of mm. run the table, uh, that sort of thing. And it also snaps everybody sort of into attention. So yeah. there's tricks on that. You definitely want to look you into can, those you different can use, tricks. You can use them both ways to to bring attention in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we had, it wasn't, it wasn't role playing, but it was a game of Eldritch Horror we were playing a couple weeks ago. And there's scenarios that are read in the game. And one of them talks about this chanting from outside of camp. And I just, as a joke, started in with the Uga Chaka, Uga, Uga, Uga Chaka. And one of the other players started doing it. And as they're reading the scenario, this chant grew and grew. Yep. And, you know, it kind of made for a nice scene. Yep. Um, you can also use, that's, you know, something working with a lower volume coming in and then people didn't notice it at first. You can also do that with the louder volume. You just start off. What ho, you know, so yeah. the, the knight comes across the party and they didn't see him until he challenges them. And 
oh, we've got to deal with this right now. Yeah. Plus, uh, you know, um, uh, one last thing on, on dynamics, at least for me, like the important thing with dynamics or again, volume control. Um, dynamics is kind of like a, a musical or audio kind of term, um, you know, having my background. But yeah. if you start in the middle, you know, again, like not quiet, but soft, you know, kind of in the middle there, then you have more room to play with up or down. Right. Yeah. You know, if you're always loud, then you can only go down without getting like crazy loud. If you're always quiet, then you how are you going to get more quiet? You know, like unless you're just whispering barely under the microphone and no can even hear me. Now, I feel like we talked about volume a bit. Part of this is inflection as well. Do you want to touch on that? Oh, well, I mean, we kind of did a little bit with the, you know, the the at the end of the accent thing there. But yeah, I mean, inflection would be Again, kind of putting the the right emphasis on the right syllables, uh, yeah. or syllable. Well, also mm-hmm. it's, it it can be used for sort of changing your voice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I touched on it earlier. You might have, you know, all all dwarves talk sort of like this, but then you have to change your voice a little bit to, yeah. you know, go towards the left side of your you know face a, mm-hmm. a little bit to for the other dwarf, and then his brother shows up and kind of talks like this. So you're changing your voice back and forth a little bit. Uh, I don't really have much of a, a musical background, so maybe you're changing the pitch a bit or, or the note or whatever. I'm not really sure. The, the timber. A- ask a thing. professional. Uh, but it's the same. You're really it's the same thing. Just the inflection is different to try to make sure that it's a different character. So that way it's not always the same voice for, you know, every dwarf or the same voice for every orc. That way you're changing things up. Also, as a male, I've occasionally had to role play as females. So I just usually just take a softer inflection. I don't worry too much about sounding like a female. Just make the voice a little bit softer. Usually works. You can also use, you know, volume inflection for uh, emphasis. So you could be, oh, so you guys are here to talk about the issue with, with Ed. Yep. You know, now everybody's keys in on. Oh, what's oh, that issue? What's that? <laughs> what's going on with Ed? It's yeah. mono. It's not mono. It was just, <laughs> that was just a joke. So you can get, you can use the volume and it's really easy to go the other way as well and just get louder just to put an emphasis on what you want them to be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving along, we have. Oh, if you don't mind, I have just one little footnote. Absolutely. And it's just. I'm going to have a little footnote after that, too. Okay, okay. Let's just have more footnotes until... I wasn't going to really uh, elaborate further on the topic so much as give a tip for it, and that would be, um, and it's mostly I thought of it because I was watching Ed, and it's the whole making a face, or like, like say your dwarf always talks out of the left side of his face, to literally talk out of the left side of your face. Like, you know, if your character always kind of like has its nose up and its eyes scrunched, like literally talk like that, because it will change the way that you sound and change the timbre of your voice and such. Exactly. You you might think that's a weird thing to say. I talked out of the left side of my face. And if you've never really done any real sort of voice acting or maybe improv or whatnot, talking about character, that might sound, that's weird. Talk out of the left side of my face. Try it. Like go, go try some voices out and then try specifically talking just out of the left side of your face and the right side. And that might, you might feel a difference and be like, Oh, I get it. That's Mm -hmm. that you're mostly mentally, but you're, you're changing your voice. Mm -hmm. You're changing it just a bit. So it sounds a little different. Do it in the car, do it in the shower, home alone. You know, so you don't feel too. If you barely talk with your mouth open, you're going to sound a little bit different because it's going to be almost whistly a little bit. 
if you talk with your mouth really open, you're gonna be a little bit more like a fucking. <laughs> what was that last part? <laughs> Think uh, Ace Ventura. <laughs> yes. Working on, the radio, <laughs> working on the radio, I found an effective but strange way of doing a Rod Serling, which involves speaking while keeping my teeth touching. I was going to say, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're keeping your teeth kind of clenched. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it, it just was a really weird way of doing my voice. We did this is fun. our most focused show ever. <laughs> we did some fun. Uh, Twilight Zone stuff. Um, so actually, I like how how both of your footnotes was really just kind of more of head notes of our next section, posture and body language. Oh, yeah, oh. really? That's what we were actually going to be moving God, into. God, we, we are good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, we are. We're talking about voices, and obviously you're not going to be behind a curtain and they can only hear you this isn't the same situation that we have here where you're not seeing us um but there is body language that you can use in the game and even here you can't see us but we're we're animated when we're talking you know we we move stuff we bob our head around we look at people we give each other looks we point we wave our hands around um we pet garm as he comes around for attention (laughs) muffle snickers um yeah and so you have a lot of stuff you can do. And even if you're just on audio, if you're playing online and you're doing it over, you know, over a podcast game over the a internet, podcast yeah. game or something like that, where all you have is the voice from the mics, do that body language still, because that will come across in your voice. You know, if you scrunch up your face or if, you know, you're moving and, and acting things out, they'll hear it. Because you'll have little subconscious things that you'll do because of it, as opposed to if you're sitting completely still, then it's going to be completely different. I think the two most important ones are posture, because you're actually compressing or um, decompressing your your diaphragm itself. So you're, you're physically changing how you're going to sound, whether you want to or not. And then, of course, like what we just mentioned a little bit is like your your mouth movement lack thereof or what part of your mouth you're using. Well, it's, it's your subconscious, really. It's it's how you're getting into the voice because a certain posture brings that out in, in you, because in your head, that's like your trigger. You know, like if you wanted to try to sound like some sort of up, you know, noble with high esteem. Perhaps you always put your hands on your lapels and speak in this sort of fashion with your chin up and in this sort of thing. And maybe just puffing out your chest, putting your hand where your lapels would be and keeping your chin up while you talk. Maybe that's just a, a trigger to get to that spot. Triggers are best for maybe recurring characters or if you're playing that way you give yourself, like you said, with the accent earlier, with the with the phrase, this little trigger brings you right back into character, uh, you know, might not be as important for, you know, the random NPC that the players are going to come across. But, you know, if it's sort of an established NPC that they're going to deal with a lot, then it's something you want to make familiar so they know, oh, that's this character. And this is what it's about, is making sure that your piece, your party connects. Your party understands that this is who it is. It's a variety. And not everybody in your same in your world has that same voice. You have different people, different uh, voices. That's right. Uh, I just recently was running a game 
uh, character had very, very kind of thick Russian accent. Uh, was a weapons engineer, you know, for the superheroes. Russian accent. They'd always go to his place. They'd always say something crazy and, and off the wall. But I'd always use that accent with him. And then later in the game, there was sort of this epic battle. And this, this sort of flying ship came in, tried to fight the big monster thing was smashed and crashed down in front of them, and some person in armor got out, looked at all of them and said, oh, oh, can't believe I finally got into battle and already killed my, my flying machine. And they immediately knew it was that character. So that's yeah. one of the reasons that you do this, is to, you know, well, give them a sort of a life of their own. Yeah, and bring them in. Um, we do have one more point that we wanted to touch on before we do wrap it up here, and this is talking about concerns. Concerns. Um, specifically, if your PCs are talking to to an NPC, what the NPC wants to talk about is going to right. change depending on who they're talking to. The king is concerned with the affairs of the kingdom. Right. The blacksmith is concerned about his business. The farmer is concerned about how crops are going. Um, even though a bad crop could be disastrous for the kingdom... They're not go the king and the farmer aren't going to be looking at the problems the same way. Yeah, that's not to say your characters can't have levels or layers. Layers is what I meant to say. Uh, but you know, for a general rule, you know, they're going to have their different concerns that they worry about. Which means that you also need to, if the players are looking for information, for example, and they're looking for information on troop movements, and they choose to go talk to the farmer. The farmer's probably not going to have much idea other than maybe, you know, his grain has been selling and selling and selling. And hopefully the price will be going up because there's so much demand for it lately. But beyond that, he doesn't know anything about a war going on. Yeah, I was going to say another part of that would be character knowledge, which we've talked about specifically yeah. in previous episodes. Um, but it's an important fact uh, uh, facet of any kind of character development or conversation is what does the character know? Yeah, you know they only know what they know, and they don't know nothing else. <laughs> and, and this is also kind of you know what do they care about? Yeah, which is we're going to be the focus yeah. of their knowledge. They're going to focus on and they're not the knowledge of what they do care about. You know, yeah. which is important to them. Again, the farmer is going to care about his farm. The king has to care about everything to do in his kingdom, but he's also probably going to be semi informed, if not completely informed, about the rivaling nations or neighboring nations because he has to know if they're going to think about invading or what's yeah. going on with them because it's going to affect his kingdom as well. And obviously you can have your your generic NPCs be concerned about the war if it's some sort of looming threat or if it's active and they know it exists. But, you know, again, they're not going to know those specifics. Or you might have a random, you know, farm person NPC that they're talking to and they're like, oh, by the way, I saw Baron Dune sneaking into the into the inn. He, he was wearing a cloak and a hood, but I swear that was him. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't have to be the king to be yeah. political either. I mean, it could be some kind of like rebel faction that's anti-government. So they're very political and they're very aware of what's going on, you know, in their kingdom. And and maybe some of the knowledge is just hearsay because they can only get so much knowledge based off of what's going on and where they can get their, their info from. But still, oh, as, as as a quick side note um, for GMs in general, if you really want to mess with your player's mind, have rumors that turn out to be false. Yeah, rumors are rumors for a reason, and sometimes yeah. they shouldn't always be true. Yeah, that that's one that kind of bugs me with the the games. Like anytime you hear a rumor, it's one hundred percent accurate. Yeah, yeah, shouldn't happen that way. And that's not how life works. Not always. No. There are there are outlying cases. Okay, did not know. 
All right. So we are going to wrap it up there. So there's us talking, just using our voices to talk about voices um, and some of the silly things that we do to help bring our characters to life. So you can kind of get a view of what we're willing to do there. Uh, if you'd like to talk to us a little bit about character voices or tell us stories about how you've used character voices to affect or just let us know what you'd like to hear us discussing and what topics you'd like to hear for the future. Definitely feel free to get in touch with us. We're on Twitter at handle uh, GMS studios. We are on Facebook to like comment, subscribe, uh, patreon.com slash game master studio has some exclusive peeks to what's coming up and what we uh, have in the works. Uh, and of course we're here with new episodes every week on Podbean, GameMasterStudio.Podbean.com. We did reference our YouTube channel live, or not live play, but a, an actual play uh, that we should be launching, if not have already launched. And we are also wanted to announce that we are going to be at PortCon uh, coming up. We have a question and answer panel on June 23rd, which is Friday. And then... Jared and Ed are both running games. Jared, do you have the schedule for yeah, those? Yeah, Ed's going to be running his game at 11 on Saturday, and I'll be running my game at 2 on Saturday. So definitely feel free to swing by the table, say hello. If you get a chance to play, definitely mention the podcast. I believe you may be able to get an in-game bonus if you reference the, <laughs> the podcast. I'll give you one extra experience point. <laughs> All uh, right. I'll give you an extra gold. Um, so, yeah, stop by, check us out. No, but we would love to meet you if you were, if you were yeah, a yeah, listener. It would be great. Yeah, and stop by for the question and answer panel on Friday if you have any uh Anything you'd like to hear or just like to hear what we've got to say, we'd love to have you there. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you the next time that we're back in the studio.